This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via other participating restaurants, 18 plus rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and time supply, see mcdonalds.com. Okay, so welcome to another episode of Forever Bristol City podcast. Uh, we're into June already. Before we know where we are, the lads will be back for uh, pre-season training. But I'm delighted to welcome uh, former player and uh, media pundit uh, Gary Hours and uh, a regular on the uh, podcast. Ian, Gary, you've uh, been away on holiday enjoying the sun, yes? Or not? Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, been on holiday. There wasn't much sun, unfortunately. I went off to uh, Mallorca for a week. And uh, I actually looked at the weather forecast before I went, and it was disaster, rain every day. So I, I should be thankful. I think that I managed to get three and a half days of sunshine. Yeah, I'll just sit with you, Gary. I'll just say about the playoffs because they're all done and dusted now. Uh, I guess you saw one or maybe both of uh, Sunderland's attempts. Uh, they did well to get in the top six, something I predicted at the start of the season. But uh, a lot of glum faces up there, yeah. Yeah, um, it, it's quite ironic. I, I mean, I was fortunate in November during uh, the break for the World Cup. I, I managed to get off to Dubai with, with a friend of mine who runs training camps and actually looked after um, Luton and Sunderland and Stoke and Bournemouth. So I seen Sunderland close up and I seen Luton close up. I have to say Luton trained harder than anybody out there in, in the hot sun as well. So it's no surprise that they done so well, but um, yeah, Tony Mowbray done a great job and uh, got Sunderland obviously into a good position and probably fancied the chances in, in fairness against Luton, but uh, Luton were victorious and, and went on to win the final, so fair play, I say. Brilliant achievement yeah. for them. And if you look at that, you know, we, we're going to talk about Bristol City and you think the playoff final was Luton Town against Coventry. Yeah, no excuses, no, play, no playoff, no golden parachute money there, was there? Ian, no. Ian, sticking just to sort of talk about the playoffs, coming up from League One, uh, Plymouth, uh, Sheffield Wednesday and Ipswich, yeah, I mean, that Sheffield Wednesday, those two games against uh, Peterborough, you know, that, that was incredible that they uh, 
came through it. Although again, they finished uh, third, so I think didn't they? Yeah, so rightly yeah. promoted, like Luton were. Yeah, I, I, I think I think they deserved it. Um, I got some of the predictions half right because I, I, I went for Luton to win win the playoffs. Um, I went for Stockport uh, in the division below. And and I also, well, I suppose two-thirds right, because I did say I thought Wednesday would go through, but I, I also had a sneaking feeling for Barnsley because I saw Barnsley beat Sheffield Wednesday this season. And I, and I thought um, Barnsley were absolutely at the Oakwell and I thought Barnsley were absolutely terrific that night. Um, and I like what the manager's uh, done there. But... Um, yeah, it, I mean, the way I see it for this season, Dave, with the teams in the division, we've got five cl clubs coming into the division that are bigger than we are. And I'm talking yeah. in terms of the 10. Well, that's why it's going to get a bit difficult. Let's talk about let's talk about yeah. next season uh, towards the All end. Right. Gary, um, Bristol City's season, I listen to you uh, when you're on Radio Bristol. You probably see a lot of the away games as well. Um, I think I've seen them all this year. What would you give... What would you give the uh, overall the season out of ten? I think six and a half mm. because it started with much promise, really exciting attacking forward play, um, and then obviously the wheels come off a little bit heading towards Christmas, and then just sort of. Nearly got themselves going again at the end when it was probably too too little too late. And when all's said and done, I, th I think you look at um, the points on the board and the position in the table. You'll tell us if I'm wrong. We've probably improved two, two yeah, positions. Yeah, fourteen. I mean, the, the last three seasons has gone nineteen, seventeen, fourteen. So it's baby steps, isn't it? Really? Yeah. So if you know, we're going to be here a long time waiting to get in the playoffs or get promoted if that's um, the size of the steps that we're taking. So we need to take bigger steps. Mm. Mm. I like your six and a half out of ten. Ian, is that something you'd endorse as well? Six and a half? Yeah, the way... And I've, ex I've explained my marking previously on the uh, on the podcast. I, mean, I can run through it quickly, but I give, I'm giving the season 5.5, which is unusual for me because I don't like giving half marks. Um, but basically, we've won the same number of games as we won last season, and we won the season before. Mm. So we won 15 games out of 46. What we've done in those seasons is we've turned defeats into draws. So each season, we've lost less games, but we haven't won any more. So ipso facto, we've, dra we've drawn more games. Um, now, it's true to say that we finished... 10 points shy. Well, with a goal difference, it would have been 11 points needed uh, to finish sixth. Um, but the, the division this year, as I said, right the way through the season, and that's why I said our best chance of reaching the playoffs was this season, uh, the season we've just had, I mean, not the one coming. Um, it, it was 75 points was required to get you in the playoffs the season before in sixth place. It was 69. I think that's the lowest it's ever been, isn't it? For I think one year, it might have been 64 one year, Dave. But yeah, that sometimes it's been thick end of 80. Mm. Um, and despite what Mark Ashton said on Ian King Live, no, we haven't. We didn't consistently finish just outside the playoffs all the time he was here. <laughs> um, so, 
uh, especially the Tammy Abraham season when we escaped relegation by about four points, I think, in the skin of our teeth. Yeah, we did. Where, where I'm coming from with that 5.5, a six for me would have been if, if say, we'd have finished 12th or 11th, I, I would have given it a six. You don't get a seven from me until you reach the playoffs. Then you get an eight if you get to the final. And then you get uh, a nine if you win the playoff final. You get 10 if you get promoted auto. 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 That, okay. Now, that's just how I see it. So yeah, yeah. I mean, I think, I think, I think you're a little lads... bit harsh with one or two of those marks there. But I think, you know, m- most people would get... We finished in the top six. Had we done, and even next season, most people would give that an eight next season to finish in the top yeah, seven. Quite, Gary, quite Gary we started... You can, you, can it, all, you can look at other things. I mean, I'm, I'm, I think we all want Bristol City to, to finish higher up the table, but um, and that's how I would judge the season. But you can argue that the sold some menu for £8 million and that they've developed Alex Scott to be a £25 million player and Tommy Conway and Sam Bell. So there are other things going on there that you might take into the equation as well if you want to. Yeah, no, I mean, that's that's mm-hmm. valid points. I mean, sticking with you, Gary, as you say, the start of the season, first day, we actually we actually lost the first two, but then we went on that six-match uh, unbeaten run. But then I, I did, well, I say calculation, I looked at it. The next 20 games, right, that runs up to the two draws that were the start of the unbeaten run in the new year. But the next 20 games, we won only three out of 20 because sadly the Queen died and the Preston game was postponed. And then we only won two of the next 11 before credible draws against Watford and Borough prior to the World Cup. You know, it was a that's a dreadful period, isn't it? It's half a season of appalling form. Yeah, shocking. Uh, like Ian's backed his argument up with stats. How many? How many points short? Ten points short. Mm. Yeah, well, saying, 11, eleven with goal difference. Eleven. Guys. There's and they won three out of twenty. So if they, if they played them twenty games again, that they, they'd probably get eleven points. I would argue, but um, yeah, it wasn't good. And 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 Nigel found himself under a bit of pressure. I, re, I recall the the game on Boxing Day. I think it was against West, West Brom. Brom. Yeah. yeah, fans not happy, and he, he was probably close. You know, very very close. Uh, the next two games were you got the Mil- two draws Wall, away at Luton, yeah, Millwall, uh, Coventry. Yeah, Coventry. So, still right. playing, still playing five at the back, and uh, to this day, I will argue that if Swansea hadn't turned up in the FA Cup and played as well as it did in the first half, it might never have changed because the forced, the forced them to do something different. Yeah, outplayed City, and 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 the score wasn't, you know. It was the amount of possession that they had and the way that they dominated the ball. And at half time we changed it. And I don't think from that point you ever look back. Or no, I think I think you're right. That 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 is it. I mean, we happened upon playing a back four, didn't we? It wasn't like a four three. I mean, do you three. think again, do you think that's a thing? Nigel does seem to get fixated with certain formations, didn't he? Because he signed, I mean, we talk about the departments on the on the pitch, but you know, he signed the League Two player of the year. Uh, in Kane Wilson, you know, who's going to play, okay, he can play at right back, but essentially he was going to be an attack minded wing back, you know, and he seemed fixated on that, didn't he? Well, somebody did. Uh, <laughs> we'll probably, as usual, get around the recruitment, don't you? At some point, we'll probably talk about that. Oh, yes. Uh, 
never never featured, never made an impact. Uh, obviously got injured, which hasn't helped his cause. But but we've never seen Cam Wilson, and right back was right wing back. Right back was a problem um, early in the season, and I think fair play to George Tanner as as the season went on, he, he nailed that position down and uh, made it his own. But he was already in the building. Well, I think yeah. that's another another point I'd make, Gary, in that. What we also did, along with the back four, the other big change is we started putting square pegs in square holes. Yeah, yeah definitely. Sight and, moved forward, scored goals. Yeah. Um, you know, you're going to have an argument about Cal Naismith at some point because <laughs> he signed as a, <clears throat> a centre-off. Yeah. And he finishes the season playing in central midfield. Now, that wasn't the plan, I am sure. If, if you ask Cal Naismith when he comes from Luton, you go into Bristol City to play in midfield, he, he probably wouldn't be here. So he's 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 fallen or found himself. Um, you know, it, it, I'm not going to say he's been lucky, but um, you know, it, it wasn't that wasn't the philosophy, that wasn't the plan at the start of the season. Clearly, so he, and, and the, he was signed to play as the talker, the organizer in the middle of a back three. With Rob Atkinson on the left, Thomas Callas on the right. Now yeah. Thomas is injured, so they they shoe on Tim Closer in. Tim Closer couldn't play right centre back for some strange reason. I mean, he was right footed, um, but he couldn't play there. Then uh, I think his wife had a, a baby over in Switzerland, and. <clears throat> I didn't think I. I honestly he looked like a guy that didn't want to be around the place. Well, he was he was one of the ones sent to the land of the banished, wasn't it? Because his last well, was, his last game yeah, was I mean, that Lincoln game, wasn't but it? You, in the but FL. that was the start of the season, and that's why we signed Kane Wilson because for all the world we were going to play with wing backs, and it, it for for a long period, as Gary alluded to, it didn't work, and we we got it, it was a happy accident against Swansea. Gary's spot on with that that we reverted to a back four. And, you know, you, you saw the change in people like Zach Viner, who went from being somebody that we all thought was going to be gone or in, or under the bus to player of the, player's player of the season. And, and I, he, he was my player of the season as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you that know, was a that bonus, wasn't, Gary, wasn't it, Zach that Viner? Wasn't planning. That was just a happy accident. Yeah, yeah. George Tanner, I think, was success. Yeah. Zach Viner. Cam. Cam Pring. Cam Pring. I think Cam Pring's a really, really good player. And um, all this talk about Joe Bryan, who, who I know very well, it, Joe's an excellent player and he'd be a brilliant addition, but... Where, where would you play? Because well, for me, I mean, Cam, let's talk Cam's... about let's talk about Joe because that could drop any day now if media reports are to be believed. I mean, could you see Joe playing in front of um, Cam, which would give us a very strong left side? And Joe plays that sort of role that O'Dowda played a few times. You know, he, he... he could he could play there, no doubt about it, and he could play in midfield, but. We don't want he coulds. You you want the signings to come in and, and make positions stronger. And for me, Joe Bryan is better coming from behind the ball, running on the things with space in front of him, not 
receiving the ball in tight areas 1v1 against a defender. So yeah. I'd see him as a left-back, but then uh, I, don't, I don't see Cam as a, as a centre-half. He can play there. Terrific attributes, his pace. Is, I don't think I've seen a quicker player uh, play for Bristol City. Um, rapid. And I'd like to see him play left-back because he can get forward. And he is, I mean... Can't play one forward. He, he can go 1v1 on the outside. We've seen him yeah. do that plenty of times. So interesting, really. You know, interesting. I mean, Cam's improved his fitness as well, it would seem, <laughs> because I can remember not this season, well, maybe the early part of the season just gone, but after 60 or 70 minutes, he seemed as though he'd be puffing, whereas, you know, towards the end where he came on strong, you could see him, like, put the afterburners on. There was a couple of games where he just shot yeah. forward. Yeah. Um, Ian, um, Thomas Callas, uh, an enigma. Yeah, I mean, he played, what, 40 minutes, uh, one and a half games maybe since March last year. Uh, We we still don't know what's happening with him. And, you know, we can't really shape our transfer money, our transfer spend until he's sorted out, can we? Well, I think it's unfair on Nigel Pearson and the recruitment team, because at the moment, uh, if if Thomas is now out of contract, if he leaves the club, it will leave us with one senior fit centre-back who's right-sided in Zach Viner. Now, unless you're going to bring, you're saying, well, yeah, that's all right, Ian, we we know all that. Um, There's talk about uh, Jake O'Brien from Palace. Um, and it could be that they're thinking it might be a breakthrough season for the likes of Joe Lowe, Duncan Idahan, or Rafa Roya. But it's not, it's not. Any you you, sorry, Gary, you don't think. No, I'm, don't not, think... I'm not disagreeing with Ian, but these, the young lads, Bristol City have got to try and get in the playoffs. Mm. And, I, and I'm not being rude. 100%. I'm not being rude. The the young centre halves might play a cup game or a game here and there. If they're in the team every week and the young midfielders are in the team every week, are, they're not going to get. They're not going to get in the top six. Mm. Yeah, I mean, my my view on Callas is fit and on form, and those those two words haven't gone in the same sentence for a year. But fitting on form, I think he's the best defender at the club. But um, he's not. He's already kicked a ball for a year. And my understanding at the moment is Callas wants to stay, but he's not happy at part of his pay surrounding appearances. So City have obviously gone to him. They've done the same as they've done with everybody else, like Naki, and said, right, you're on X thousand pounds a week. It's going to be X minus 50%. And what they probably said to Thomas Callas, and this isn't inside information, I'm just saying this is what's um, rumoured to be going on. Um, You you need to, you get more money if you make 20 appearances. I mean, all you can do is make yourself available for selection. If Nigel Pearson doesn't pick him, then that's not his fault. But apparently he, he isn't happy about re- reduced terms. And it could be also you could throw in there the duration of contract. One way or the other, then leaving all that aside, 
it's up to the medical team to say, right, yeah, no, he's fit now, he's fine, he'll be available, you know, barring accidents, he'll be available um, for as many games as we think anybody else will Well, be. we want him to be available for 30-plus. I mean, Gary, do you agree with Ian's view that when he's fit, he's, he's the best defender yeah, at the club? Well, I'm, I'm just laughing here to myself. When I was at Notts County at the end of my career, 25% uh, of my wages was made up in appearance money. Wow. And I had, uh, I think one day I had two broken legs and a broken arm and I still declared myself fit. <laughs> <laughs> this would get me appearance money. But it is, it can be an incentive if if, if you look after yourself. But yeah, I mean, he, he come into the team, I think, for two games. One of them was a Cardiff game and there was another home game and he was... He was like a man possessed. He was outstanding. Yeah. Uh, if I mean, if it would get him fit, what what an asset! If it would get him fit and keep him, what what an asset! But you'd have thought he'd have had options by now, wouldn't you? Because I would imagine I think he that... probably has. I think he probably has. I'm, I don't know. Ian might know better, but sometimes you you can't be happy at a club. Who who thinks that players always want to leave? Some of them do. I'm sure he could go anywhere in Europe if he wanted to. Um, you know, international footballer, got a good CV. But um, he might be happy in Bristol. Yeah. The money, I mean, the money's obviously, it's, you're professional sportsman, so the money's got to come into it. Um, but you've also, I think he's also got to be fair and reasonable because he comes and plays out of his skin for City and we're at the right end of the table and we're attracting the right attention. That also reflects on him, and somebody's likely to come in and say, "Well, all right, Thomas, you come in, pay for us. Here's seven million quid, Bristol City. We'll have him." I mean, it, it does cut both ways, but I think one way or the other, I'd really like to see. Yeah, they're not they're not going to get Thomas. seven million pound from because he's 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 out of contract now. He's yeah, thirty, I mean, if he he's 30 in, this summer. If, he's if not he signed a new, yeah. somebody yeah, if, he's, if he now. signed a new contract and it all say he signed a two year contract and he was playing out of his skin, then what I'm saying is you will get money for him, whereas at the moment, he's out of a contract, he can go and sign anywhere as a free agent. Well, he's going to be another one of the high-signing, high-value signings that walked out the door. Let's look at midfield. Uh, let's look at midfield, uh, Gary. Um, and I'll just rattle off the names that are there. You know, Matty James, Alex Scott, Joe Williams, Andy King, Mark Sykes, Eamon Benaroos, then you've got the youngsters, Kaji. Sam, your lad Josh, obviously being released along with some of the others. Hanoa, obviously out the door, one would imagine. Um, and what was, and then we're starting getting down to Omar Taylor Clark and that lot. I mean, the midfield, the manager has said that there are not enough goals coming from midfield, and we seem as though towards the end of last season we were playing with two defensive midfielders sat in front of the back four and one in the offensive role, which was that, I mean, you can argue about formations and what have you, but have we got a problem in midfield, Gary? Yeah, that's where our biggest asset exists. Yeah, I mean, how many goals did, did Alex Scott score? One, maybe one, two. One legal. For, like, and, and that's a, an, another sort of counter-argument. If, if you're going to sign Alex Scott and you, you sat around the table with the chairman in the recruitment meeting and the manager, and you say, we're going to pay £25 million for this attacking midfield player. And somebody says, how many goals did he score? And you say, one. You might 
you know, get a few raised eyebrows. Uh, so, Matty James is, he is what he is. I like him. Uh, dependable, solid, reliable. Um, always, you know, plays to a certain level, I think. Six and a half, seven out of ten every week. That's yeah. all you want. And and after that, you know, you, who, who are you going to put alongside him week in, week out? I mean, you didn't mention Feynman, who's played in midfield or attacking midfield at times. And we ended up with a centre-half, Cal Naismith, playing in midfield. Yeah. So I, I, I think, you know, you've got to be looking. Alex Scott, I think, will move on, if I'm honest, because there is a time to, to, to sell people and, and that time might be now, might be now, mm. coming back from, from the World Cup. Um, So I, I'd think that probably going to have to add at least two, two midfielders and... If you can get that goal scorer midfielder, I always—I mean, he's too old now, but I always liked the, the player that I always wanted to see play for Bristol City in recent years was was Conor Hurahan. Yeah, with Plymouth, someone like that, uh, aggressive, can do everything, but scores a goal from a set play, gets in the box, nicks a goal, left sided. Yeah, someone like that is 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 sort of a good fit for me. Yeah, no, that's interesting. So you'd sell, you think Scott will go, because the other oh. question is assists as well. And Ian, you know the stats there. How many assists did Scott have last season? I think he got three. It was either three or four assists. I mean, if I mean, get... the hype, the hype that's associated with him, it's almost like he got hyped up. And if you look at the little glimmers, like the Man City game and what have mm. you, and then some people say, oh, but it, he doesn't do the final assist. He does the ball before the assist when they're trying to defend him. But... I'll be honest, I think he's a very talented, exceptionally talented lad. But I think he's a little bit of style over substance, you know. And I think we need just... Is that harsh, Gary? No, I've, I've, I've seen something probably saying he was the, the greatest Bristol City player of all time. I, I don't think no he's way. anywhere no. near no. that that accolade. Um, I mean, he, he is talented, no doubt about that. Um, up until, I think, the Preston game... Uh, he probably hadn't scored or hadn't created a goal. I mean, Masengo, he, he was exactly the same, never scored a goal. No. And I thought he was always the, the you know, the, the fans sang the song and he looked, you know, he'd do... Got the hair and everything like that, yeah. But, yeah. you know, when, when you analyse his, his contribution, assists, probably the first one was this season, earlier in the season, and never scored a goal. So, you, you know, even like me... Like even me, I scored the odd goal. You know what I mean? You, you've yeah. got to like, you've got well, to. You chip in. You, you, so you unless get, he signs, unless he signs a contract. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, Gary. Unless he signs a contract extension, which would protect City for having him for another year, because he his value sign. would. Be, he won't sign. He won't. He okay, won't. so won't we've got to sell him now while his stock is as high as. Oh, it sorry, is. you're talking about Alex Scott. Scott. Yeah. Yeah, um, Scott. yeah, I think they've, they've done it before. Uh, who was the centre forward? Maynard. Nick yeah. Maynard. Yeah. Could have sold them millions of pounds, millions of pounds. They got the timing wrong. They didn't get what they should have got for him. Well, he, and then he got injured pre season, didn't yeah. he, on the so, ski run up at Cheltenham back in the uh, day? Yeah. You, I, I think, uh, and I'm going to say, and Ian, again, with, with your stats, and I'll probably say it off the top of my uh, head a little bit. He was he was out the team 
and Bristol City didn't miss him. They got mm. some good results when he when he was injured with his knee, was it? And if you look at the results, yeah. I, I I don't think it was like nobody said, "Oh, we're missing him." We, they got a couple of good results. You're talking about Alex now, then, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, there was that little run just over Easter. You're right. We missed. He missed three games, and we were undefeated in that run. Yeah, Stoke was it? Stoke, uh, and then the home game on the Monday might be Middlesbrough. Yeah. yeah, and yeah, yeah. So listen, uh, the, there's they've got an asset. They've got a quality player. No, I'm not not uh, questioning his ability. He's 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 outstanding for a young player. But um, sometimes you have to you have to cash in. Yeah. No, and that's right. Ian Garris just said, you know, he feels we need two midfield, mid two strong midfielders. And Garris also said about bringing players in that add value to the team. Right, mm-hmm. we've got to be out there to get better players than what we've got. And Joe Bryan coming in clearly adds some quality. But to get better players than what we've got, if we sell Alex Scott, let's say twenty million plus add-ons, right? But let's pick that conservative figure. We've got to be going out and spending in the 2.5 to 3 million bracket to get better players than what we have at present. Because so they walk straight in to the side. Yeah. And one of them sits, you know, two of them go into the middle of the park because we can't rely on Joe Williams from a fitness point of view. Naismith missed half of last season, didn't he? Yeah. 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 Well, the problem, the, 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 the issue is. We have a, a terrible habit of key players get all getting injured at the same time. And for most of the last season, we had four to six players out. Of, of And now I'm, now I'm talking about senior players. And for this purpose of this, we've got a first team squad of 23 players. And that's including Eamon Benaroos. All right. So who's a young man, but he was getting selected regularly for the first team. And I, I think he he's a really promising player. And I've all, I've said, uh, and I'll, no doubt I'll get pilloried for this if it doesn't uh, doesn't come to fruition, but if Scotty moves on and Eamon takes his place, over the same period of games, Eamon will get more goals and assists than Alex Scott. But going back to, I mean, if you take the Maynard situation... Steve Lansdowne, he promised Steve Lansdowne he was going to sign a new contract. And he never did. Leicester bid £6.5 for him. So we rejected it. He left in the Christmas to go to West Ham under Sam Allardyce for £1.6 Yeah. What you're forgetting, Ian, what you're forgetting there, he got injured that pre-season, or it might have been the season before, and we stuck with him. In fact, I think Mm -hmm. it might have been the season before, and we stuck with him, and he wouldn't sign that contract. And... uh, yeah, well, Colin Sexton, going, uh, going God rest to, his soul. Colin Sexton to... said to me that you know it was the player turned down that move to Leicester, and it was like seven million quid. Yeah, and as you say, we ended up getting two million. Uh, and well, and I, I don't Leicester. know about that, but it, it, going back to Scotty, which is where this this uh, discussion started, the club are looking for something in the region of thirty million pounds for it. Now I'm looking at players that Premier League clubs are buying. Um, so you had the lad, um, was it João Pedro at Watford? Mm. Yeah. 30 million, Brighton. Uh, deal done. Brighton have also bid 30 million for a Chelsea reserve defender they've had on loan called Levi Colwell. And Chelsea turned it down. 
Um, and I think with Alex, going back to what Gary said earlier on, I mean, there's two things. Something that Gary said on Radio Bristol uh, resonated with me is that we can't keep moving up two positions every season and saying, wow, look at the progress we're making. And the second thing is that, that, that someone has to want that player and it's someone on a board or recruitment director or going down the city ground, let's say Steve Lansdowne, who make the final decision of who goes out the door and who comes in for that matter because he has to sign off the budget. It, it's going to say, well, hang on, we're signing this lad and we're spending 30 million. The only way you could sell it to someone is say, well, look at what he can do. He's already playing for England under the 20s. We're signing him based on his potential. We're yeah. not signing him based on where he is today. Now, it's a question of, is someone prepared to outlay 25 million quid plus 5 million pounds worth of meaningful add-ons for a player with Alex's undoubted ability, but with his existing record. And I honestly can't see that happening. Now, if it does, I'd, I'd like to see him go somewhere like either Brighton or Borussia Dortmund, who are brilliant at developing players. Mm. And then when the player's doing really well, um, you know, you look at players like Haaland, Jude Bellingham, then selling them for massive... You know, here's, a, here's an interesting one, yeah, Gary. Yeah. I, I honestly can't see it. it, it's my humble opinion. So. Yeah, Gary, if if Alex went to a top six club, he's going to bench warm, and unlike most of his England under-20 teammates, he's got more minutes on the pitch in probably one of the toughest leagues in the world. Yeah, well, you know probably the sixth most toughest league in the world, the championship, yeah? Yeah. If he went to a top club, an elite club, and by that I'm talking like clubs in the top top six, if he was, could you see the possibility of him being loaned back for a season so we get, we get the best of both worlds, yeah? No. Uh, and um, if you... I don't know. Thirty million pounds to 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 buy something for thirty million pound and lend it to anyone is is a is a 20, no. Let's say twenty million. Let's well, say well 20. whatever. I... Twenty million, twenty five million. I, I think if if he moves on, he's moving on in his mind. You know, Alex Scott. Let's let's turn it round and and put yourself in the position of the player. I'm going to get a transfer for twenty million pound to Tottenham Hotspur, but I'm going to stay in Bristol for the next season it's not it, it works both ways it's all right it's 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 fantasy really isn't it city mm -hmm. fans oh what a good deal that'll be we, we can yeah watch him play for another season but if you're the player you, you want to go and train with Harry Kane every day and, and be coached by the manager every day and, and whoever that might be at Tottenham <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm just saying yeah and if, yeah, if Harry's there yeah, but it's just no, and it's yeah, just yeah, I'll a, take your point. Yeah, it could be anyone. So you don't really want is do you get the same Alex Scott invested in Bristol City if he's on loan from which and that and that Gary dovetails in with uh, Nigel's stock answer for when he's questioned about loans. You don't want to develop other clubs' players, but hang on, when we bought in, when we bought no, that's different. I, I, Bristol, Luton Town, 
got loan players. The, the best players were the loan yeah. players. It works. So there's a difference exactly. between Alex Scott who plays every week and and a, and a young player at Man City or Chelsea or Man United that doesn't play, that wants to play. Mm. So it's, it's a different scenario. I don't get that. That will always stick in my mind, that, that, um, that comment about we haven't got the right culture for... I what is I I don't understand. What's going on about with that? I never got well, that. They've got, What's he mean? they've got the stadium, they've got the fan base, they've got the training ground, and if you can't sell that to a young player who wants to come in and play in your first team, then then what what can you? I, I took that as it, he didn't have the. I think he might have said, and if I'm wrong, I'm I'm sorry. I took it. He didn't have the right people in the dressing room, and I don't get that either. Andy King and Matty James who were his well, two. I, I think that is that is where City can improve. They can, and yeah, you, you got to pay a loan fee and you got to pay wages. But if you get the right one, they can make a massive difference to your team. Tammy Abraham, the classic example, 2016-17, his goals kept us up. End yeah. of story. Yeah. And let's talk about loans. I want to talk about forwards in a minute, but and it plays to what we've been talking about with defenders as well. Rob Atkinson, you know, he was he's he's been a good acquisition. 1.6 million quid. He's had a few health problems. He's had a few attitude problems. And you know, he seems as though he's come through that. But he's out until November, Ian. Yeah. Atkinson out. It, it'll November. be October, November, because normally with what he's got the same injury as Andy Boyman had. And that kept him out for a, about a season. So if so he's not he's not around, right? For me, right? Rather than, and, and I think we you both said we need some centre halves coming in as well. But for me, with Atkinson, who would be probably a first pick, right? It would make sense to get a bloody good loan defender for half a season to cover that off, rather than have to go out and buy buy a defender and sign him on a three-year contract because he's either got to be better than Rob Atkinson so that when Rob Atkinson is fit, Rob has to fight for his place. Because if he comes in and he's another one to make up numbers and Rob Atkinson steps ahead of him, uh, do, do, do you see my logic there, Gary? You yeah, know, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, it's that's, that's not a bad argument. Um, yeah, I, I can't argue with that at all. I mean... We look at and just thinking to myself, what's happened this week? Joe Law probably being called up to the the Welsh senior mm. side and probably won't get, you know, he he, he probably wouldn't be in the start eleven at the start of the season. That that's um unusual situation, but um, yeah, I, I, it doesn't matter. Centre half, centre midfield, centre forward, a good loan player is, is worth his weight in gold, no doubt about it. But yeah. um, it's, yeah. it's well, Sunderland bad. used it to good effect as well. Every, didn't they, everybody own. has, everybody has. You know, the, the Sheffield United got players from Man City, and and there's probably Bristol City are one of the, the, the few clubs, and I don't even think they've had a loan player all season, have they? They'll no. be one of the few clubs well, in the championship it, that haven't had a loan player. Well, it's funny because when Brian Tinian made the point. Um, we went to a a, a dinner, and, and and Brian was speaking, and, and we, the subject of loan players came up. And this thing about you don't want to develop another club's players, 
And I thought, no, nah, that uh, that doesn't sound right. But I, I thought, anyway. So I can't develop your own team, though. I, yeah, I contacted Sheffield United um, fans via social media, one thing or another. And I said, look, you, you've got promoted to the Premier League, but you've got these lads in on loan from Man City. Do you mind developing those players for another club? How many out of a dozen that I, I verse with do you think said yes? None. None. <laughs> what I said is, if we can, those players will probably be with us again next season because let's be honest, they're not going to get in Man City's team. No. They ain't that good. And if you looked at the bench that Man City had the other day, or, all right, I know they lost a game at Brentford, but dear Lord, you know, the bench was something like Grealish, Haaland, De Bruyne, and they didn't lose 7-0 to Brentford and they could have won, easily won the game. So those players aren't going to get in, in... And I mean, Southampton, I know it all went Pete Tong for them, but they signed quite a few young players from Man City at the start of the season for fees. Mm. And I'm not suggesting we do that because we haven't got that kind, kind of dough. But with these clubs coming down, we, you've got... Five clubs we're up against. Sorry, six six new clubs. There's only one of them as uh, will have less money and less crowds than us, and that's Plymouth. Yeah. All, All right, the others, let's... three of the others will have parachute money. Now you then add in Herberts like Watford and West Brom, who are still getting parachute money, and the division starts to look pretty horrible. Yeah. Well, I, I, we'll talk about the but division in, in a moment. Or, or we'll talk about the division in a moment. We can get. Yeah, it's reflected with the the betting and how it how it lines up with the runners and riders. Let's just talk about the team though. Up front, um, again, these are the players here now: Harry Cornet, Anis Mametti, Andy Vyman, Tommy Conway, Sam Bell, Naki Wells, and I'm going to throw Seb Palmer Holden in there because he's somebody that you know, seem to be there or thereabouts. I mean, Gary, I I don't see Harry Cornick on everything we've seen so far as being, I'm not a target man, but a big, you know, a focal point up front. And I think we've got some good players there that would walk into most of the teams without parachute payments in this division, but we've not got, the right blend. So, what what do you say to? I mean, how do you how do you assess Harry Cornick and Anis Mametti, who both came in for the second half of the season? Uh, truthfully, <laughs> yes. Uh, what if 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 that's the level of of, of recruitment? Um, and I hope I'm wrong. By the way, I'm, it's, it's not like a, a, a personal. Attacked by any means, but Harry Cornick, Luton let him go, and they've just been promoted to the Premier League. So if I can't think one why he wanted to leave Luton to come to Bristol City when they're in that position with the opportunity to play in the Premier League. Um he's not he's not a centre forward, he's a he's an up and downer. He's just a, an up and downer, wide midfield player. Um he's not he's not a dribbler. Doesn't go past people. Uh, Mimetti has got talent, but he's all right foot and he plays on the left. And at this level, defenders have worked him out already. 
So yeah. if he wants to come inside. If if you if you show if you show him on his left foot, then um he's he can't go on the outside. And I got a little bit excited when I first seen him, but he didn't finish the season in the team. No. He hasn't, you know, he's not he's not a if you're signing players and, and, and we're trying to improve the squad, they've got to be nailed on starters and, and both them players aren't. Gets gets back to the point that we made earlier about players coming in there because both of those, you know, there's wages involved. We may have signed them in the summer. Maybe we got them earlier, but I agree with you, Gary, there, 100%, that they're not players that are going to force other players nailed on, out. Be nailed on. You're going to come to Bristol City and you're going to play and it's going to take someone to really work hard to knock you out the team. And, and they're just, they're in the team and they're out the team. Mimeti is, is you, you wide, I mean, wide players. Is, since Eliasson's gone, we, we don't have, we haven't had wingers. We don't have wide players, natural wide players, wingers. Uh, Campring's natural, natural on the left side, but a full-back. Jada Silva's natural wide player, but a full-back or a wing-back. We haven't got natural attacking wide players, and we haven't had them for a couple of seasons. Yeah, longer than that, actually. It, Ian, I mean, it is a conundrum up front, isn't it? Because if you say, and some people say, oh, you can't talk about structures, but if we're playing... It seems to be like a four-three-three at the moment. Yeah. That that or you could say a four-two-one-three or something four, like that. Four two three one. Four it's it's a four-two-three-one. Well, picked. who's the one? Who's the one? Who 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 do you pick? Who's the one then? Well, we haven't we haven't got a natural one. Now, if you by okay, so what do I mean by that? If you look at Coventry, they've got Yokerez. Yeah. If you look at Sunderland. And if he'd have stayed fit, Sunderland may well have Stewart. through the playoffs. They've got Stewart. Now, the start of the season, when we played Sunderland, they beat us at Ashton Gate. Now, I know Naismith kicked a couple in the, you know, set a couple of them up himself. But Ross Stewart and Ellis Sims, who's yeah. known from Everton, destroyed us. We couldn't cope with them any shape, any way, shape, or form. And I think that's the type of player. And Sunderland got Stewart out of Scottish football, I believe, for not a lot. And Jokeres came, I think he went there from Swat with Coventry from Swansea. Um now that's the type of player that you need to be playing if you're playing that one. And I don't think we've got a natural one. I don't think Naki is. Um, and the other thing is, if you're going to play with somebody smaller and slighter up front or somebody with different skills, like Tommy Conway is quite quick. He's got fab fabulous movement for a young player. And so Sam Bell. But he's not head up. He's not a tall, powerful, back to goal target man. And you, you've either got to say, stop playing so many eyeballs because unless you're going to win the second ball, because they're a defender, nine times out of ten is going to win it, unless you're going to pick up that header in midfield, then you're always going to be on the back foot. So get it into his feet, so you're playing more like Barcelona than the old Wimbledon, right? And hoofing the big diagonal, because we just haven't got the players to do it. If you look at our players before the game, when, when the two teams line up, some weeks it's like land of the giants. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because they're averaging six foot two and we're averaging about five ten. And 
that you know, as speaking as a, uh, a little guy myself, you a good big un, it might be different in, in the case of people like Lionel Messi, but he's a bit of a one off. A good big is always better than a good little one. And um, I just don't, you often hear this word banded about physicality, and I don't see a great deal of physicality, and that's what. Uh, and Nigel Pearson said, this is more or less, a, I mean, I've used the phrase, we've got a non-scoring, non-assisting midfield. And Nigel Pearson said the same on Radio Bristol when Jeff was interviewing him. He said, well, one of our biggest problems is we don't score goals from midfield. And even, and then he added, even our tens don't score. So you can see that he, he must have something in his mind of how he's going to address that. But, you know, 4 2 three, one is, is like 4 3 3 when you're attacking and it's 4 5 1 when you're defending. That's how it's meant to work. Mm. Mm. Um, but uh, Gary alluded to crossing. I mean, our two biggest assist makers last season, and they got six each one was Naki Wells and the other was Cam Pring. Now, mm. Cam Pring, I think, is probably the best crosser of ball we've got at the club. Yeah, Mark Sykes plays wide, and that is his position, not fullback. But he plays in that wide position. But he's got to improve his crossing about fifty. Oh, he can't. He can't cross. I thought he played well at right back in the latter stages of the final home game of the season. Did you see that one, Gary, against Burnley? He slotted there, and you've got. And if you say George Tanner's like the man with the ball, Sykes can revert to right back again. It puts a question: Where does that leave Kane Wilson, if anywhere? But well, nowhere because he hasn't featured all season. So no. I say, did you? Mm. So I think we're in agreement that we've got some good players, but it's up front. This is now, but you know, how do you pick what is the best combo? We don't know well, what Tommy that is. Conway's and, got a player for me. And, so and Tommy I'm, Conway's in. Tommy Conway. We're talking about Alex yeah. Scott. I think all of a sudden, uh, he'll be on a lot of people's radar now. Tommy Conway. Tommy, and it'd be like all of a sudden they might get a, a stupid bid for him. Because he's always going to score. He's a goal yeah. scorer. Yeah. And he wants to score. And I, I think, I mean, he's, he's improved uh, unbelievably, really developed into a, a really good young player. And he's got a bit of strength about him, hasn't he? Yes. He worked hard. He's added that to his game. I, I can't say watching him through um, playing in the junior teams, he always sort of ran himself into the ground, but he does now. So he's added that to his game. He's always been a goal scorer. He wants to score. He enjoys scoring. Um, so he's he's got a play for me when he's fit. He'll, he'll be in the team every week. So he's he's one of your starters up front. Yeah, and I agree with Ian. You need Narky Wells uh, tried and tested at this level. Good goal scoring record, but you you need someone to lead the line. You need a focal point. You need a physical element. You need someone to stretch and occupy defenders. Um, we haven't got a target. We we struggle. Um, if Max has got to take a goal kick, he, you know we see the centre halves up on the in the wide areas trying to sort of find an angle to, to try and keep the ball alive. If it goes down the middle of the pitch, it comes straight back. So that mm. type of physical uh, centre forward, someone like you know we're talking about Famara, someone like that who 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 can you know love him or hate him, I loved him because he he, he defended corners. 
and you get your 12 goals a season. Yeah. Get your 12, yeah. it's another 12 yeah. that you, you yeah. think the mix. Because, I mean, Andy, talking about goal scorers, I mean, the, the, the season before, season ending some, well, spring 22, you have the WSM who scored 50 between them and they made two-thirds of them and that was a good combination for what it's worth. And, but and that's, it, a, that's a great point that forwards over the years who've done well down there have created their own goals. The ones I always go back to uh, in that sense was Leroy Lita and Steve Brooker. And, and the other side of it, from what Gary was saying, you've got Tommy Conway and Naki Wells, probably your best front two. So should we be playing more with a front two as opposed to a one with the players that we've got now? That would be my question. Do, do you agree with that, Gary? Uh, Tommy and Naki up front? Yeah, I mean, you can get two up front, then it's what you put behind it, possession-based teams, you know, overloads, and City, when they played two up front in, in seasons gone by, were always outnumbered in midfield. You know, I remember watching the likes of Fulham, Johansson and people like that, just Barry Bannon playing for Sheffield Wednesday, mm. just having the freedom of the park because they were, were spare players. So, it's yeah, two up front is good. Um, it, it what what shape you're going to play behind that? I wouldn't want to see them go back to playing five defenders. You know, if you're talking about five three two, um, you know, whatever you want to do, four one three two, you become very narrow. You've got to have attacking fullbacks. So it's yeah, yeah two two. Um, and again, backing up Ian's point, at times. Lots of teams do play with three central defenders in the championship because they've they've got the players to do that. And that means City's formation, often the centre forward was playing against three giant centre offs. Mm. And yeah. that 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 was a struggle. I, I, I remember Sam Bell playing in a game down through the middle against three centre halves, no change. And I've, I've seen Tommy and and Naki play against three centre halves, and it is it is difficult. It's difficult. It's difficult. Well, I mean, the game, if you look, the game I mean, that I go back to where we did play four one three two was Birmingham at home, and we absolutely four two best game, best home, one of the best. And that home was games when Naismith first played in that he was the one in the four one three two, and what I like about Naismith because I criticise his de- his defending or the fact that he he does make ricks, but he always wants to pass the ball forward, and that's something I think. Some of our players are guilty of that will play the easy pass, the sideways one, the backwards one, you know, whereas he likes to get the ball possibly on the half turn or in front of the back forward. He'll look forward and he'll ping a nice diagonal. And I don't mind a long pass or a ping, but it's when we just, like Gary alluded to, when Max has got to play the ball forward, play it long. And a lot of time he's hitting it towards Naki Wells. Now Naki competes, he jumps into the centre halves and things like that. But come on, he, he's 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 five foot six. You know, some of these yeah. guys are a foot taller than he is. I mean, talking about Max, um, Gary, the goalkeeping situation. I mean, we haven't really we we've just got Max because this lad Badgic. I know he's being called up for the France under twenty ones, but he's not even getting in the league side there. Um, you know, the last good number two that we had, that Nicky Mempar, I always liked him. But do we need, do we, should we be looking to get better than Max or just get a decent understudy? 
What do you think in the goalkeeping department? And they've got Harvey uh, as backup at the moment. But you need you need competition. I, I wouldn't call them a number one or a number two. Mm. I think you need two, three if possible, really solid goalkeepers competing for, for one position. And if that means that Nigel has to consider that um, he can bring in a more experienced, and and I think that is the key. I I, I couldn't see a younger, Max is twenty five or twenty six now. A younger a younger goalkeeper coming in to take, uh, to be number one. But uh, certainly, if you could add a a more experienced goalkeeper to put pressure on Max, that would be good situation for for City. Yeah, and good situation for Max. Yeah, because why why do you think that? You know, you, you're just going to sort of have an easy ride and, and he knows what it's all about because he's, he's been in understudy for uh, long periods in his career. And, yeah, and yeah. Before now. we just look forward to uh, next season, question for you, Gary. Um, and again, it refers to defending. Duncan Idahan featured in a few games towards the end of 21-22 season, looked the part, came back for pre-season, gets farmed out to Carlisle, doesn't do well there, seems as though he gets sent back here. And then towards the tail end of the season, or from March onwards, he's a regular for the successful second string team, named as captain. Well, they weren't successful towards the end. I would have thought, no, they weren't very towards the very end. But I would have thought he'd have been included in a match day squad. Why, why name him captain and then not bring him in when he brought in the likes of Callum Wood and Harry Leeson ahead of him? I think it's it's pretty obvious. I think uh, I'm not saying Nigel is 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 not predictable. That's not the word, but he is consistent. And I think the fact that he didn't pick him speaks volumes. He's, so that he's, applies to Ken Wilson as well, then, really, doesn't it? Yeah, of course, of course. It's it's yeah. not like you know you read newspapers and and what have you, and um, all the the mystery that surrounds. Selection or non-selection to me, and 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 you know, sort of with my background and my experience of, if you're not playing very well, you're not getting in the team, and you know, go and say what you want, but uh, I I don't think that Nigel has seen him as someone that can step in and and step up to the to the mark. Okay, I mean transfer, nothing's happened yet. Transfer is in or out for that matter. Um. If we sign Joe Bryan and that lad McCrory from Aberdeen, uh, do you know anything about McCrory? Uh, no, no, nothing at all. No. Ian, I do. Go on. Yeah. Where's he? Where? Look, if we sign both of those, where are they going to play? What positions are they going to play if we sign them? Because well, they seem to be McCrory can play a number of positions. So we're back to this. Uh, where is he best? I don't want that. Square square pegs and square pegs. So I'll, specialists, not generalists. Yeah, I'll I'll tell you where he has played for Aberdeen this season. Most recently, he's been playing right wing back because they they played three at the back, but sometimes they play four, and he plays right back. At the start of the season, they were playing a three, and he was playing on the right hand side of the three. And in conversations I've had with Aberdeen fans via social media and I had a couple of phone calls as well. I said, where is he best then? You know, because once 
when you talk to some fans of some clubs, you get you get it in the ear all of oh, why does he want to leave Aberdeen and come and play for Bristol City? And once you get rid of all those characters, you, you can have a sensible conversation. And three people completely independently said to me, his best position is as a defensive midfield player. So there okay. you go. All right. So if we're going to buy him, He's are we going to pay a fee for him? Seven gonna... yellows, one red, and he scored five goals this season. Hmm. If we're going to pay a fee for him, which has allegedly been, I've seen the figure of up to two million quoted. So he comes in, and he's got to be—he's a starter. And Joe Bryan comes in on mm-hmm. top-end wages for us, but for no money. Those are two players. That's two of your starters, and I'm not going to go into the detail of it here. But I'm trying to work out how the rest of the side comes together without you having overload of mediocrity. Because as Gary said, it's about having specialists. And we've got what we seem to have a habit of over the years down here is having quantity, not quality. And Ian, you were saying, you know, we've got a 23-man first-team squad, but actually we need six players to cover off the injuries. Let's get back to Luton again, right? Gary, Luton, you know, you saw them... it's a much. Do you think Bristol City is still a holiday camp for some people? Goodness me, I hope not. I mean, that's a that's a slight on lots of people's character. Uh, if it is, it shouldn't be. I, I, listen, I've seen Luton. They, they trained harder than any team I've seen train in years. You know, in training, sprinting. It sounds stupid, but when you do running in training, they did it with real high intensity. No excuses about how hot it was or or anything like that. They worked hard. The recruitment spot on. And I, I know Mick Harford really well. He he sort of is in charge of that. They used data analysts. Your saying Ian said that they sat there in the recruitment meeting. They've got facts and figures. You know they know what the players will produce. They've got dozens and dozens of reports because they've watched the player, they've got character references, it all goes into the melting pot. And uh, boy, oh boy, have they been successful because of that. But, holiday camp. All right, I, that's harsh. I, that I would probably, but no, it's, no it's, it's it's not, you you, you said, do you think, I'm, I'm not saying that you suggested that it was, but I really, really hope that it's not. I mean, they've got a top class environment, as good as any training ground in the land, if you yeah. go up there. And, um, that's you know. But you you talked you talked Gary about intensity, and I say I watched the playoff final, and I watched that second leg against uh, Sunderland at Kenilworth Road, and that intensity, the way they close players down, yeah. and what have you, and the physicality—two yeah. words: intensity, physicality, pace. That's different Spot to intensity. Power, powerful. All, all of those things. Why can't we emulate? What's stopping us? emulate that people it's only people so you look at the centre forward the boat from Walsall for not a lot of money uh, the full backs on loan the centre midfield players on loan and you know even the the, the centre half who, who they got from Lockyer who they've got from from the Rovers. Rovers you know they've, 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 they've done a really good job uh, it, where did they get Morris from um Gary, I think he's the, he's the one that they paid some money for. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't know off the top of my head, but um, it's it's just people, you you know. I'm, um, when Dean Holden was in charge, 
Bristol City had horrific uh, injury list. Mm. I think what they call in the uh, HPC was it? I think Ian called it the was it the hamstring hamstring probability centre. <laughs> <laughs> it's just brilliant, um, and and they have had they have had the problems with with injuries. It's I'm not criticising anyone. I'm I'm just saying the only it's just it's just people in it. You, you get the right people in to in your recruitment department. You get the right people in uh, to do your your sports science and. So, so Gary, picking up what you said there, because the the data and the analytics, we've, you know, that's not Luton haven't got access to that. Every club's only got access to that. Every club can get that. I mean, this is a critical chance. This is going to suss out how good our recruitment really is over the next ten weeks, isn't it? Really? Yeah, recruitment is. It's a process. You're planning for. You shouldn't just be planning for this. Uh, end of season, you should be planning for uh, the January window and you should be planning for next season you have your target lists you get all the information uh, from um, scouting platforms who's out of contract and when they're out of contract so if you, if you do your, if you do your work, if you do your, your due diligence if you like to use a, a fancy, fancy phrase then then um, you know, you, you can you can get the players that are out there and available. And it is it is a marketplace. There is competition, there is a pecking order, and you can imagine that the, the people that pay the most money will attract the better players. Of course. And then there's the next level of players and, and City have got to try and be at the top of, of the next level, you know. Yeah. Look at the teams that have come up, I've got money, Ipswich have got money, Sheffield Wednesday have got money. Um, the teams that have come down clearly have got money, mm. so you've you, you've you've got to work smart. And um, there are hundreds and hundreds, I can tell you, of talented players at the lower levels. And if you can get the right one, then you can do well. So yeah. that's that's what you do. Ian, do you think I, I I sort of I probably was being harsh, suggesting that the holiday camp. But how do you? And I think Nigel's done a good job in. You know, we're not the pushover that we were, and that's evidenced by fewer goals conceded and, as you said, tra- turning draws into wins. But realistically, well, you know, we've turned Luton and Coventry have set the bar and Millwall to some extent because they could have yeah. crept in. That, you know, if the Gary says people, I say attitude. Yeah. How do you, how do we get that mindset backs against the wall? everybody together committed that intensity how do we get that i think that comes from the manager and to extent the coaches um but if you look at luton changed their manager but their manager was bright enough rob edward was bright enough to think yeah i know i like to play a passing game in this that and the other and be more of a swansea style but i can't do that with this lot when he went to luton So he looked at what he had and what they did brilliantly. Uh, If you watch the playoff game, I didn't look at that game and think, wow, these two sides are brilliant. But what I felt was that Luton in particular had huge belief. They thought they would win the game. And I think we're still a bit soft and we don't think Mm. we can win the game. Um, It does come down to physicality because if I was a 
if I, I was never tall enough to be a centre half, although I did play there in I'd behind two big blokes in a three sometimes. But if I walked out on that on a pitch and I looked across and I saw that Adebayo and Carlton Morris, I think <clears throat> I'm I'm gonna be lucky if I get out of this without my head being cut open and losing some teeth today. Mm. Because they're big, they're <clears throat> They're professional athletes. And, and by the way, particularly Morris, he scores goals and, 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 and he can play. So you're looking at him, you're thinking, right, so you're feeling uncomfortable before the game kicks off. And also, please bear in mind that we beat Luton 2-0 and it could have been 4-5 or five at Ashton Gate at the start of the season. Mm. Yeah, they were poor. They, they, but what they've got, they've, and, and they'll definitely lose out when they move to a new stadium. Because they've got that horrible small pitch. Mm. It's dark. It's horrible. The floodlights are awful. <laughs> the, the crowd are right on top of you. And they don't get big crowds. They don't need big crowds because they'll, they, they you know, they just shout and ball and scream. And I, I've been in Luton's hospitality or what passes for it when I was living up there. And um, I, I went, actually with Mick Harford that day. And the, the stick that the benches get and everybody gets because they're literally right on top of the dugouts on, on that side. And I saw us lose, I think we got beat 5-0 that day and Steve Arab was playing up front for him and he beat us up as well. Yeah, I know. I, remember I was at that game as well, Steve Arab. Um, big, and big, and I, I think it, it's that. Big lad. haven't got the, the, his physical strength, the physicality, it's strength of strength of mind. And I don't mean this, oh, you know, be positive, don't be negative and, and all the rest of it. If a bloke's a foot taller than you and, a, and three stone heavier, he's going to smash you all over the place. So you can be as positive as you like. But, you know, and, and I can, you know, go down the HPC and wave at Nigel Pearson and say, please, Nigel, because I, can I come in and play for the first team? Well, any trouble is he and you're crap. So, no, not really. Yeah, but I've got a great attitude. I'm really positive and I love the city. Yeah, I know, mate, but you can't play football. Um, so I, I think to get instill that belief, it starts with the manager. Then you need good leaders in the dressing room. And I look at our team and I think, Matty James, Joe Williams, Naismith. Yeah, but after time, they're injured. So who's yeah. your... That's a good point. Who's your, you know, if you listen to football and you listen to people like Gary Neville talking, you have people like, well, I remember reading about Rio Ferdinand said when he moved to Man United, he shoved the ball sideways to Gary Neville and thought he'd done ever so well. And he said, the next minute, I got this Irish bloke right up in me grill, grabbing hold of me by the shirt. It's Roy Keane saying, this is Man United. We pass the ball forward. Don't forget, you give me the ball. You don't need to do anything. Give me the ball or give it to Scolzi. And he's, he's, he's right up in his face and got all of his shirt. Yeah. Now, we got in our team that would do that. And I don't think we got that player. No, no. Would you agree with that, Gary? You know, that we still think it's, it's a good point. Uh, uh, leaders in the dressing room is one thing. You want your leaders on the pitch. Yeah. You know, yeah. I'm out there every week driving you, driving people forward. Uh, I've heard the last couple of seasons, Brunt, oh, he's good in the dressing room, but he never got on the pitch. 
Danny Simpson. And Danny Simpson, and even uh, with respect, because he's done well uh, towards the end of the season, Andy King. Andy King, yeah. We want, you know, I'll I'll go and be good in it. I keep saying this. I'll go in the dressing room if you want. If you want to pay me ten grand a week and tell a few jokes and tell people <laughs> what they should be doing, half a million quid a year, I can do that. Still, and I'm fifty-four. <laughs> You want yeah. them. You want them out on the pitch every week. That, that's that's yeah. where you want the leaders. Yeah. yeah, no, that's good. Okay, guys. Um, I mean, look, looking at next season, they say squads. Um, nobody's started chopping and changing yet. But you just look at the betting, you know, and it goes. Not surprisingly, Leicester, Leeds, Southampton, Middlesbrough, Norwich, Watford, West Brom, Stoke, Coventry, Ipswich, Sunderland, way down there, considering where they finished. Blackburn, Millwall, Swansea, Hull, Sheffield Wednesday. Bristol City, there we are, forty to one, I think it is. Yeah, or is it thirty-three to one? It's uh, is, is that forty to one? Made? We're in that group, forty to one to get promoted. I don't think that's through the playoffs. That's get to get promoted. I mean, when you look at the the three relegated sides, two of those definitely are going to be in the top six. I think a couple of them have got a few. Would you agree, Gary, that maybe? Leeds and Southampton have got a few issues off the pitch, or do you think the quality will guarantee them top six? Um, they'll be in the top six. You know, I, I would think Leeds, massive club. You know, when they got out of the championship, they were they were playing some unbelievable football. Uh, that's changed, obviously, because the manager's changed. Mm. Um, I can see, I don't know if he has, or I've been away, but, Probably Sam Allardyce might fancy that, and and take them would, up, finish his career. Yeah, he's he's left the club this morning. He's left, has he? Well, yeah. Sam Allardyce won't fancy that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank thank you, Sky Sports. But yeah, no, he he. They had the feeling they were saying that they didn't think he'd want to stay because he said he never wants to manage in the championship again. All oh, right. Mm. Right. So anyway, sorry, man, Gary, man. you were saying Le- Leeds, Leicester, Southampton. So that's that, that's yeah, three. Of the Norwich, top. Norwich will be better. Borough, what about Borough? Middlesbrough, it'll will be up yeah. there. You know, God knows what Ipswich are going to do or Sheffield Wednesday. They'll be competitive. Well, Ashton Ashton's going to try and buy Ipswich out Ooh. of that division, isn't he? He's going to go out and spend big. If you're a member of the Arizona Pension Fund, you know you're going to be gunning for. Premiership football, that's where all your money's going next year. Um, I mean, Sunderland, looking at this as a league table, that puts Sunderland down in about 10th. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Sunderland don't, uh, they haven't got a massive wage bill. I know that for a fact that they've got really uh, worked really hard to get, get the wages down. Probably moderate, moderate wages for that, that division, I would say. But mm. the attraction of playing in that stadium in front of them supporters. <laughs> It's going to be ultra competitive, you know. Mm. Even like Plymouth come up, they'll be they'll be competitive. That'll be a tough place to go to, home park. Uh, passionate supporters. So who? I mean, you're asking us where City are going to finish. I suppose at some point, who knows? It's you know you, you get off to a good start and you can um, find some consistency. Then they can be in and around it. But if, if they don't get off to a good start and get points on on the board early, who who knows? Yeah. Ian, I mean, you know, we, I, I, I'll ask you, Gary, where do you think we're finished? And I think the inference there, but give me a number. A couple of places better than last season? Well, 
unless we get lucky. Well, it's got. Listen, what happens if what happens if if they don't? Where are we going? This well, season, there you go. Yeah. Where are we going? So Nigel's been in charge three or four seasons, and we finish in a worse position than we did last season. Where where are we actually going? We're just treading water, just running on the spot, if you like. And for some people, Ian, and you'd endorse this. There's a there's a large cabal of fans that say, "Oh, we're happy with Championship football, you know." And like, "Oh well, all these clubs have got parachute payments," and "Oh well, they've had time." And then those that don't have it, "Oh yeah, but they've been stable for a few years and what have you." You know, Luton and Coventry was a Division Two fixture five years ago. I saw Luton Coventry. Luton were in the conference, but, Luton were in the know, conference Ian, not too long ago. Yeah, Luke, well. <clears throat> Yeah, and see, the, the, the fact that Luton, Coventry, Millwall, Preston have done better than us destroys that, oh, well, these people have got parachute payments argument. So it destroys it. Sunderland haven't got parachute payments. They got in the playoffs. Now, Sunderland are a big club. They get big attendances, right? They were top of the attendances in the championship. And the highest we, we were seven, the highest that we could get is third because of the size of our ground, because we can only get 26 <coughs> segregated. You get 27 for the rugby. Um, now, some people say, well, we've got the uh, middling wage bill, so what, what's wrong with finishing in the middle of the table? Well, I think if, if you go into any competition, you try and win it. Doesn't mean to say you can, but, and, and when people talk about progress, we've not made great progress on the field. Now, if you look at off the field, as mm. Gary said earlier on, why wouldn't a player want to come to Bristol City with the facilities, the fan base? We've already sold 14,000 season tickets. Um, and let's put it, it hasn't been going great. And the foot hasn't been a, a feast of fantastic football on many occasions this season or last. Um, and we turned defeats uh, into draws. But to go to the next level, my own view is if four people, and, and we won't be able to say how well we think we'll do until the start of the season and then September the 1st when the, when when the window shut. Agreed. But my own view is if four players go out, and those ones already gone out, Jada Silva signed for Coventry, but if Callas, Scott, and Andy King move out, then we need eight to come in. And they, the difficult thing, and I'd like to ask Gary about this, is if you're bringing people up uh, in the market we're shopping in, we're shopping in, in League One, League Two, um, and possibly the um, the club's uh, release lists of, of players that are already in the championship, like Carl Naismith was. Um, how do you get the quality of those players when the players going out the door, fitting on form, are, in the case of Callas and Scott, are high-quality players. You pay. You, you pay. So you're saying that we're looking at out-of-contract players, and I'm saying if you want to improve, then you've got to start investing in, in transfer fees. Mm. And the market, the, the marketplace should be an open marketplace. We should be looking at Premier League loans, should be looking in Scotland. We should be looking in spite, you know, you're never going to carry but European players 
they are out there. You can, and, and believe me, I, I've done it and, I, and I've watched games all over Europe. There are quality players, but um, they come at a cost. There you go. That's it. That's so it. Investment. is reducing the costs, which is what Richard Gould was brought in to do. And it, it's been one of the, you can call it an excuse, you can call it a reason. It's been one of the reasons that people have tolerated what we've done since Nigel Pearson came in, because it, it, there's always this caveat, yeah, but he's got to get rid of all... Yeah, he's the- done that. He's done that now. They're all on big wages. I mean, yeah. he didn't actually have to do much because they all their contracts have run out. Yeah. Um. So that's happened now. So yeah. Then we had, uh, well, COVID, which I'm not buying that much because everybody had COVID. That was the same for everybody in the league. It wasn't just in Bristol. So I think that those are gone. And he said when he first came in, it's going to take uh, six windows, three years, three seasons to to get us so we're challenging for the playoffs. So this season, I'm, I'm expecting us... Well, that's the one. I mean, Gary said he's had three or four that. seasons. He's had, he's had two and a third seasons. That's what he's had, right? He's had two and a third seasons, yeah, in charge. And this is the witching hour. This is where it's all coming home. To Roost, because Gary's just said, we need to invest. We need to do loans. We need to push the bar a bit higher. I mean, again, if you look at the three players that are names that look as though they'll be likely signings, McCrory, uh, O'Brien, and Joe Bryan, right? Those three players, their best positions, you've already said, are right back, centre back, and left back, right? They're free positions that, to some extent, we don't really need strengthening at the moment. Well, uh, well um, centre-back, we really need Well, if Callas, if Callas signs, if Callas signs... Ah, I'm talking about if he goes. All right. But, yeah, but no, but those are three that are coming in. I think the problem's in midfield. I really do. I think yeah, well, we need, mid, we need midfield players as well. But at the moment, I, I, I just said that's eight, assuming those four go out. And uh, so, so Callas is gone. De Silva, we know, is gone. Uh, Andy King and somebody by Scotty, which I honestly don't think they will for that kind of money. But if they do, fantastic for the boy and for the club. Um, but you need to strengthen because you need... We haven't got any left centre-backs. We haven't got cover at right-back, left-back, goalkeeper, centre-off, centre-mid. You need players <laughs> in every department. No, well, you, you need eight because I, I think the ones I said is you need a goalkeeper, you need a, a left back because Jay's gone, uh, you need one right centre back, you need two left centre backs, and Dave's idea about loaning one until Atco's fit, yeah, fine, no problem with that. Then you need a defensive central midfield player, although we have got ish some of them. Somebody in midfield who's creative, who does get assists and goals. So you're Barry Bannon, Brian Tinian type player. And then I think we need a nine, you know, a proper mm. as described if we're going to go yeah. with one top. So right. I, I, no, don't, I mean, look, there's money. Look, it's, it's playing it's fantasy football. It, I just think if Scott like, goes, if Scott goes, it opens the doors to because, OK, you talk about transfer fees. There's always the wages involved as well. And we don't know the detail behind all the finances, but. Never mind the money for Semenyo. Let's say that's in the bank to do with 
um, gets us out of any FFP issues. If Scott goes, it creates a platform. And realistically, if Scott went for 20 million, right, we probably could go out, we need to go out and spend 15 million of that straight yeah. away. And then 5 million plus the wages that have been saved on the ones that are going out. That's what we need to do to address the areas that both of you guys have said. Hey, look, I'm conscious that uh, we've taken uh, your time, Gary. I really appreciate you uh, taking time out on the, on another lovely Sunday. Right, <laughs> we can, we can talk. <laughs> You're not. <laughs> um, Ian, as always, yeah, uh, your, measured, your measured views on there as well. Uh, and let's hope we have another thousand people listening to this one that listened to our last one and we'll be back uh got um a couple of uh editions coming up before uh the fixture one but uh in the meantime guys thanks and thanks everybody for listening it's been a good one i'm sure we could have carried on talking there's a time i always feel happy as happy as a king when the red red robin comes bob 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 and along along There'll be no more sobbing when he starts throbbing his old sweet song. Oh, wake up, wake up, you sleepyhead. Get up, get up, get out of bed. Cheer up, cheer up, the sun is red. Live, love, laugh and be happy. What if I've been blue? Now I'm walking through fields of flowers. Rain may glisten, but still I listen for hours and hours. I'm just a kid again, doing what I did again, singing a song. When Richard Robbins are bubba bobbing along. When Richard Robbins come bubba bobbing along, along, there'll be no more sobbing when he starts robbing his old sweet song. Oh, wake up, wake up, you sleepyhead, get up. Get up, get out of bed, cheer up, cheer up, the sun is red, live, love, laugh and be happy, what if I've been blue, now I'm walking through fields of flowers, rain may glisten, but still I listen for hours and hours, I'm just a kid again, doing what I did again, singing a song, when the red, red robin starts bobbing along. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you still the last nugget snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? Our participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and time supply. See mcdonalds.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the Talk Sport Fan Network. Talk Sport. Powered by fans.